there's so many episodes like this, but this is not the SpongeBob podcast. (laughs) I was was about to go into the explanation and I was like, wait a minute, actually. (laughs) I would not be a good guest for a SpongeBob podcast. However, I am a mega Keanu Reeves fan. I have said out loud somewhere after we made like 100 episodes of this, I have said out loud more than once, I wish I could devote an entire podcast to Keanu Reeves. I didn't know where it would go other than, I guess, trying to articulate his completely beguiling appeal and his he's just this unique little star that fell from the heavens uh, and is our gift uh, yes. that we have. Uh, appreciated and underappreciated at different eras. Mm-hmm. Right now, in a high appreciation mode, he's Very kind of the internet's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, let's just let's <laughs> just say at the outset that this library carries a lot of feature films that yes. feature Keanu Reeves that you can check out with your library card. Now that we have made a connection, you are listening <laughs> to Ferndale Library's podcast. A little too quiet. Brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. I'm joined by Roddy. Hello. And Simon. Hello. And we are just here to talk about Keanu Reeves. I love him so much. (laughs) Like, I have notes for every podcast. And, like, obviously I'm not feeling, like, all there today. And I was like, dude, I wrote down literally any real notes. Not really. I just love him. (laughs) Right. Because that's how I feel about him. Well, part of the way that we interact with and cherish movies is we connect with certain movie stars and we Mm -hmm. connect certain movie stars to certain genres you know simon has movie trivia and it was horror i initially thought of vincent price's face he's an iconic person keanu reeves is iconic i think that's end of podcast period Uh, but the thing is, Keanu Reeves is iconic in several different genres, depending yeah. on like the man literally has his eras like um, independent cinema, uh, like my own private Idaho type era. And then you have like the action movie era speech. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speed, point break, yada, yada. <laughs> Granted, my own private Idaho was right after point break. Anyway, sorry. Um, and then you have like the, the sci-fi stuff, action movies, Matrix, yada, yada. And then you have rom-coms like The Lake House or Something's Gotta Give. And mm-hmm. now you have action movies again. Well, I will say to his credit, though, even though he has like these big capital E eras, mm-hmm. Everything else is still kind of woven in between in those eras because he's still like, oh, yeah, I still do my indie movies while I'm doing this. And I'm still you're still going to see me here. I will surprise you here. And it's like, oh, nice. And (laughs) one one genre we should mention is horror also as well, along with action and sci-fi and Mm -hmm. rom-com. And I wanted to start there because Halloween is nearly here and... (laughs) Uh, I know Roddy just rewatched Constantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just rewatched Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> now, I really do think that Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992, Francis Ford Coppola, that film is a great place to start. Not only because, you know, it's a Halloween movie, mm-hmm. Halloween's coming, it's a horror film, but that is, you know, one year after my private Idaho. And it's kind of in this moment when I would, I guess, just critics writ large are trying to figure out Keanu Reeves Mm -hmm. and they're kind of already coming to the conclusion in 1992 they're coming to the conclusion that he's a bad actor Mm -hmm. uh or that he's still Ted from Bill and Ted yeah you you have met Keanu and he is very much Ted that's it uh and he can't do a British accent and uh how dare he try not so Um, i think that's all there in bram stoker unfortunately yeah i god that movie that movie has a lot of problems i don't think keanu reeves is one of them yay i um controversial opinion i think the direction on that movie is terrible i think keanu reeves was miscast i think he should have been one of the three suitors for lucy and not jonathan harker Mm -hmm. yeah 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 he should have been he could have been in the richard e grant role he could have been yeah. the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun. Who calls Van Helsing. Yeah. Um, that would have been that would have been interesting. Shout out to Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell will only be Quincy for me. He's the perfect Quincy. Um, yeah. And that's a whole of the podcast. And uh, then, you know, the the guy, um, the Princess Bride guy should have been Jonathan Harker instead of. Exactly. Yeah. Carrie Elwes. We could have reworked this. I did some digging and found <laughs> out that uh, casting what ifs uh, would have been. Christian Slater considered for that role of Jonathan Harker. 
that probably would have worked better. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that is there's a lot of fatal flaws with that movie. And I, like Simon, refuse to pin it on Keanu. I agree. Being solely miscast when there are so many things. So, so many things yeah. wrong with that movie. Well, and I mean, one of the few highlights is Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. And there is something about the direction. Uh, I hope I'm not being crude when I say this, but I turned to my brother when we were watching it the other day and, and just said, like, is this, did did Coppola have a cocaine era? Is this like... Because <laughs> I've seen Rumblefish too, and there's just something like jittery about both mm-hmm. of these films. And I think yeah. you're right about the direction. Sorry, Francis. Uh, he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, he's, he'll be fine. <laughs> I think that I think that and I told you both privately, like I come back to the movie for Keanu, which is the subject of our podcast. Uh, 13 years later, he's in a movie called Constantine, which is an adaptation of Hellblazer. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. John Constantine is a character that first shows up in the Swamp Thing graphic novel Mm -hmm. um, issue 37. And then he gets his own graphic novel and um, a character created by Alan Moore and, you know, his, what's the word I'm looking for? Co-writers and things like that. And he is... Blonde and British. Yes. Was modeled after Sting. So, you know, everything (laughs) about him just screams Keanu Reeves, of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very much Sting and Sting's, like, Dune era. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And... It's just when I remember when the movie was cast and people were talking about it and everyone who, you know, was older than I was at the time and who had read the graphic novels and were deeply, much more deeply entrenched in this character than I was, were like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, bright eyed, bushy tailed, in love with Keanu Reeves was just like, yes. And now that I am older and I know the character better. I am still like, yes. And apparently I win because there's going to be a <laughs> sequel now. Yeah. So I don't really care. Okay. But all jokes aside, Constantine has been one of my comfort movies for a very long time. And if you've ever seen that movie, you Same. know that it is deeply uncomfortable. So that is actually <laughs> a mark about things being wrong with me. But I'm fine with that. Sure. All, right, all right. Listen, though. Same, though. Like, I love that movie. It's so... I saw that movie in theaters multiple times. Yes. Like, I. it has some of my favorite tropes favorite like things in general also the acting cast are you kidding me is stacked with just so much talent and i loved it and you know when you're trying to make a character or portray a character like john constantine who is a cynic who has a heart of gold deep deep down which of course we love that mm-hmm. who better <laughs> to play Keanu him Reeves. than yeah. Keanu Reeves a cynic with a heart of gold I'm sorry <laughs> I, I know there are so many people who would like stone me for this but it's fine I fully stand in that I was watching it again the other night in preparation for this podcast because I watched it three times in the past week um <laughs> And my fiance walks in and he's just like, he like does this like heavy sign like this movie. And I'm just like, yes, this movie. Exactly. Keanu Mm -hmm. Reeves, you know, you can't disrespect him in this house. So (laughs) (laughs) to use an outdated uh, bit of slang from the 90s, that movie did not come to play. It, no. it goes there and when I mean, when I say there I mean hell yes it, like, multiple uh, times too and, exorcisms and like, actual grief suicide yeah. heavy subjects so yeah but like best... losing your losing your your pupil the mentor I relationship mean, maybe it's because I went to Catholic school growing up but I always like I kind of gravitate to a lot of the symbolism and like oh these were the scriptures that weren't in the bible and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i went through a deep phase in that in like middle school and stuff like that so constantine was perfect for me for a lot of reasons (laughs) but it does take its lore seriously it takes the character Mm -hmm. seriously like it was it was a genuine attempt to portray like a very gritty adaptation of what is it like it's a graphic novel Mm -hmm. like it's not going to be fun and bright it is going to be gritty and sepia toned and like kind of gross yeah 
but in a good way. And like, it's one of the few movies where it's rated PG-13, mm-hmm. but I think they did as much as they possibly could have within the constraints of that yes. rating. Like, I don't miss the fact that it's not rated R when I'm watching it. Yeah. Which, yeah, they nailed it's, it. It's one of those yeah. movies where it's like, this is rated PG-13, but that's mm-hmm. only because they don't say the F word. Yeah. Otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And also, Simon and I have talked about this on, like, constantly outside of this podcast, obviously, mm-hmm. because I'm just now bringing it up. <laughs> but the portrayal of Lucifer oh, in Constantine perfect. is by far one of my top portrayals of all time. It is fantastic i mean put put a pin in that for another keanu reeves movie that we're gonna talk about but yes <laughs> like i'm probably mispronouncing this but this is how i've heard it pronounced is peter Stormari is the actor who plays yes. U- lucifer mm-hmm. who most folks will recognize from fargo as <laughs> yes. the other uh kidnapper who oh. The one who doesn't go in the wood chipper. Spoiler alert. Um, Spoiler alert. I recognize him from the first or the second Jurassic he, Park movie. He's <laughs> a, a delightful character actor. Character yes. actor has been everywhere. Uh, but there's something about the way he enunciates. It's a strange yes. accent he's putting on. Yeah. He hisses. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the this fact is, that he's literally slimy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like his feet. So he shows up in this pristine white suit. But yes. like his feet, you can see like tar, like, yep. uh, it's he's, so good. It, they're just her. oozing from his feet. It's so good. Okay. And then like, <laughs> oh, what's her name is Metatron. Or no, she was Gabriel, wasn't she? Yes. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Yes. Which. And Rachel Weisz. Yes. Like... Quick note on Rachel Weisz. We all sound like we're very excited. Keanu Reeves fans were just all over the place. But quick note on Rachel Weisz <laughs> is that there's substance and depth to her character, which when you think of superhero movies... Oh, oh yeah. yeah there's, there's normally so much, not. <laughs> yeah, and you, she, she's technically in the Vicky Vale role, mm-hmm, but there's like mm-hmm. she has a story, she has emotional depth. It's mm-hmm. it's has definable character exactly. motivation Her, outside of Constantine. Exactly. Yeah, and it's she's not a companion coming along for the ride. It is so well done. It's just I love that movie and I will defend it. And we are going to get to the independent era. We are going to get over to my own private Idaho, but. Um, <laughs> This is a quick diversion world just because I have a little route to take through Tilda Swinton. 2005 is kind of my introduction to Tilda mm-hmm. because of her performance as Gabriel in that film. She's also, I think that same year, playing the mother role in Thumbsucker, mm-hmm. which was kind of Mike Mills' breakout film. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Mills, an acquired taste, certainly had a breakthrough with Beginners. <laughs> I don't think everyone, I think there's some people loved his most recent film. Anyway, Keanu Reeves plays uh, an orthodontist who uh, has a breakdown in that film that is engineered by the main character. And it's mm-hmm. somehow entertaining for me to watch. I, <laughs> it just showed me that Keanu Reeves could play flaky and I didn't know he could play flaky. Mm-hmm. And it was just mm-hmm. wonderful. Where else did we want to go with horror? I think it's also oh. worth noting that he was in a film. I have nothing to say on this. He was in a film called The Gift, which was directed by Sam Raimi that literally everyone oh. forgets about that you both forgot about. Yep. I did. Which takes place in Louisiana, so he's putting on an accent and wearing it. Oh, I watched that movie like a year or two ago, and I was just like, oh, oh, no. It's unfortunate. But Keanu's in it, so, and I was like, "Mm, no, okay. So that might be the one where I'm like, all right. I don't even remember exactly what it's about. Yeah, same. I just know that Keanu and Kate Blanchett are there, and Mm. it's just a a big mess of a movie. But it's in the horror genre. Well, okay, speaking of Keanu Reeves, in horror a he's been in a couple of them like lately i haven't seen them yet i really want to see neon demon neon demon rolls yes but speaking of the devil and keanu reeves i often convince (laughs) my friends to watch devil's advocate by being like listen al pacino plays the devil keanu reeves is his lawyer Mm -hmm. just watch it like yes (laughs) in in the vein of bram stokers it's very arch it's very over the top yes very operatic but like in a better but, way. Yeah, it it owns its campiness. Yes. Like 110%, both Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves chew the scenery into oblivion and mm-hmm. it's a delight to watch. And like a uh, side story about that movie is that Keanu Reeves just took scale pay in order for Al Pacino to hit his salary requirements because he Aww. wanted to act against Al Pacino so badly. Aww. So cool movie. Aww. <laughs> I love it. He does stuff like that yeah. all the time. Also, just further <laughs> nice guy Keanu lore, you know, he gave most of his bonus for the Matrix movies to the special effects team. Yeah. Like, 
yeah this is cool also guy. an entire side ch- tangent here where it's and we'll get into whether or not that meme of him riding the subway was actual truth or not but still when he was offered 20 some odd million dollars to do the sequel to speed he turned it down mm-hmm. uh because he wanted to go tour with his band yes yes which i'm sure gave him some money but certainly exceedingly less than 20 million dollars well if you have seen speed 2 yeah i think that was the case one here <laughs> yeah because it's definitely keanu i have seen yeah. speed 2 same it's not it's horrible <laughs> right but just the the virtuousness of like you know what He's... no mm-hmm. i want to play with my band it's awesome i yeah. Yes, it's just I don't know. Well, the, <laughs> the the same thing kind of came up in uh, my own private Idaho because it was like right after Point Break, and they were like, and there was an interview about that movie. He plays uh, a male prostitute, essentially street hustler, yada yada. It's Gus Van Sant. It's River Phoenix. Yep. Um, weird adaptation of Henry the Fourth. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and there, there was like an interview and they were like, well, do you think it's going to hurt your image after Point Break to play, you know, essentially a male prostitute? And he was like, what am I, a politician? <laughs> so I love him to bits. Uh, Stan forever. Um, precious. <laughs> I just, I love yeah. Keanu Reeves so much. Yeah. Because oh, sometimes, man. you know, the art is more important than the paycheck. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, some people argue that Point Break is in and of itself a... Uh, a love story too so yeah it's not like he was already um but yes devil's advocate he is he's a new attorney mm-hmm. and he's coming to work for an Al established Pacino. lawyer yeah. who literally turns out to be the devil yes yeah. i believe charlie <laughs> theron is there too yeah yes. as uh keanu's wife yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was one of her first movie roles if i recall correctly she was super young in that movie mm-hmm. yeah this is going to be clumsy and inarticulate, but I think yeah. it speaks to Keanu's uh, boyish qualities, mm-hmm. which I was hinting at uh, off mic earlier, because he is he's probably at least 35 by the time he makes Devil's Advocate. Mm-hmm. And I think Charlize Theron is like 22, mm-hmm. but I- I'm sure the casting director at some point said they both look 22 yeah. coming together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I have to say on that. He <laughs> has found the fountain of youth, just like Paul Rudd. Oh, well. actually, I'm so sorry, Simon. I wanted to bring this up with uh, Dracula because this is a very online thing to bring up. However, the Keanu Reeves is a mortal website mm-hmm. in which there are pieces of art of men throughout time who bear some resemblance to Keanu Reeves. And now, there was an entire website in theory. Yes. About he was, how he's a vampire. Listen, yes. Listen, <laughs> these are the conspiracy theories we need. <laughs> yeah. Not like, only want, but no, need. No, yes. Now, here's the thing, though. Did you see during the interview process for John Wick, someone showed him that website. Yes. And his reaction was just, oh, wow. Yes. He, it was... If you wanted to know any terrible acting that Keanu Reeves has ever done, it's feigning surprise at seeing that that website exists. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I'm i not going to say that I visited that website several times in my youth, but I do, you know, have some passing memories of the points that it was making. And, yeah. This goes yeah. into the, the lore, though. I don't know yes. if you uh, picked up on this random reference I made to the subway meme mm-hmm. where he where people think he rides the subway, that he doesn't have chauffeurs, that he's just out mm-hmm. there buying coffee like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, not all of it is entirely theory. Sure. Because um, being from Southern California, Keanu Reeves made a habit of just showing up at like random high school fundraisers sometimes just to contribute and then like leave. Um, so my high school had a story about him showing up at a Fuddruckers. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, okay. I mean, not dropping like obscene amounts of money because, I mean, come sure. on. But just like, oh, for the kids. Here you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Does not mention who he is, disappears into the night. Like oh my it yep. <laughs> rides off on his motorcycle, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> so, Which, oh, yeah. By the way, he also has his own line of motorcycles. He sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, you yeah. were reminding me of all the things I know about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think um. there's something to be said that Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves mm. 
and Leonardo DiCaprio is Leonardo DiCaprio. There yeah. are two different, uh, there's several difference differences, but there's like different types of Hollywood stars. Yes. And I'm not even going to go into Leo's <laughs> shadiness with his right. dating life. I'm just talking about there's uh, some, what I perceive to be self-ascribed sense of prestige to him that, mm-hmm. you know, he is untouchable or elevated above the rest of us. Like, mm-hmm. and Keanu's riding the subway with us. Yeah. And yet they were both 90s heartthrobs. They were both in similar movies. It's just they're both wired differently. I always got the impression that if I ever met Keanu Reeves and told him how much his portrayal of Neo and the Matrix meant to me, he would just be like, that's so cool. I can't imagine that having any conversation like that with Leonardo DiCaprio, you know? (laughs) Right. You wouldn't even get close. Someone would shove you out of the way. Exactly. Security. So it'd be like, oh, you're not an under 25 model. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but yeah, that's kind of why he got the title of like Internet's boyfriend yeah. like, a few years ago. It was just like Keanu Reeves feels accessible to us mm-hmm. in a way that we all can very much appreciate mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. most other celebrity does not. So and here's the thing. It's not like he's interacting with people on Twitter all the time. You don't right. really see him posting on social media. Yeah, or I don't think like he that. even has a social yeah, media so presence. It's not. It is something nascent in his character that makes everyone go, we love him and he loves us. I think it's, for me, the rest of the listeners of this podcast can think I'm crazy. I think it's worth noting that he gets a puppy dog in John Wick because I think he has literally always been also America's puppy. He has puppy dog qualities. Yes. You just want yes, to. He does. <laughs> you just want to like cuddle him and pat him on his head and just say, oh, like you want his company. And you want to root for him. Yes. And you just think he's a good boy. And of mm. course, you also think of the interview in which they unleashed puppies <laughs> oh, the upon puppies. him. Yeah. And he just, with the glee of a child, goes, puppies. <laughs> and it's just like, how how the hell can I focus on this interview now? <laughs> yeah. And there's something there, too, because like John Wick is a, a dark character. Constantine is a dark character. Mm-hmm. He's got jet black hair. He's got mysterious eyes. He seems dark, but then he also just does not seem like a cynical, jaded, dark person. He just looks like a badass, but he's like this sweetheart. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's there's so much to say about John Wick, but I really want to let Simon get to his yes, movies I'm sorry, Simon. first. Because... Oh, <laughs> we'd, we'd love to. If you had any more on, on right. Private Idaho or... Or Matrix, if you're ready to go there. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, okay. My first exposure to My Private Idaho, I'm going to say, was in a show called Mystery Science Theater, um, <laughs> in which they did a host segment making fun of how, quote unquote, bad of an actor Keanu Reeves is. Um, and I just kind of, and you know, as a kid, I was like, haha, funny, I don't get this joke, whatever. When I finally saw My Private Idaho, I wanted to right into the mystery science theater fan club and be like listen mm-hmm. y- y'all interpreted this incorrectly everybody mm-hmm. always says he's such a wooden actor in that movie right. blah 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 but like it's an awkward interpretation of a uh shakespeare play and the bits of the dialogue that are lifted directly from shakespeare he acts in like this awkward cadence of like delivering it like he doesn't quite believe in what the words are mm-hmm. but as soon as it's off the shakespeare script again it's incredibly naturalistic and a wonderful performance. Mm -hmm. So like it's even the quote unquote bad acting is part of the performance in that movie. I love it to bits. And then yeah, River Phoenix, who was a good friend of his, Mm -hmm. the potentially apocryphal story is that um, he literally rode his motorcycle from Canada down to Florida to hand deliver River Phoenix the script because River Phoenix's agent like refused to pass it along. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard that story. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that story. I want to believe it. And same. <laughs> this is the whole thing of like Point Break, Private Idaho, Bram Stoker's, and then Much Ado, which is all in this Much Ado About Nothing, mm-hmm. which I think is 93. We'll get to that. It's all in this, it's all in this, this whirlwind pocket of like, all right, 89 Bill and Ted up until 93, much ado. Most of the critics, again, are like, this guy's ridiculous. And, he can't act. Yeah, and that, that frustrates me about much ado. Like, I know that mm. you've heard me, like, somewhat rant about this, but if you know anything about the character in much ado, the, that's probably, like, one of the plays in which the villain matters very little to yeah. the story. Like,. He, he has one machination and then he's pretty much out of there. Mm-hmm. And he has his big 
if I am a villain speech or whatever. And I think that Keanu plays it well because that character literally pales in comparison with the other very colorful characters in the show yeah. and the play. You're not supposed to be that intrigued by D- John is his name. <laughs> yeah. You have all this other stuff going on. Right. And he's supposed to be a brooding, grumpy, not quite teenager, but like just mm-hmm. a younger guy who is in the shadow of his brother. And that is exactly what Keanu does in yeah. that movie. He delivers. He delivers. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of that being used as an example of his poor <laughs> acting. Absolutely. Um, yes. And so now I'm seeing a nice breakdown of his eras. So mm-hmm. if we do 90. 89 to 93 or 88 to 93 which i just described kind of wrapping up with much ado something new happens in 94 when he shows up in speed and i remember being old enough to remember the reception of that film and how critics seem to say oh okay maybe this is his lane maybe like big dumb blockbuster action movies is where he'll work because speed one was a big hit and everyone seemed to respond pretty positively Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's not much there. It's a bomb on a bus, uh, and he's just a cop. <laughs> gotta go fast. You gotta go fast. Uh, but then that kicks off his new, like, okay, I'll be in action movies, Johnny Mnemonic, chain reaction, and obviously those don't work as well. Uh, okay. Listen, okay, but there's, during the early stages of 2020, mm-hmm. I sent that clip of him and Johnny Mnemonic screaming about how he just wants to go eat dinner somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> and get his suit dry cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent that to several people. <laughs> but it fits. It fits. Casting directors like, is this his lane? It, <laughs> these action set pieces, etc. It Can he be our stylish, like, MTV crowd-pleasing action guy? And it doesn't really work out. And then I just looked up his IMDb. He takes the entirety of 98 off. He is not in a film in 1998. Yeah. Well, I think Matrix took a really long time. And then something happens in 1999, (laughs) which starts his third era, which Uh, brings us to The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you ask me what my favorite movie is, there are too many options and that is too hard of a thing. But in terms of the movie I have seen the most, it is probably the original Matrix to the point that I even went to go see it in theaters for its, oh God, what was it? It's 20th anniversary in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was one of the last movies I saw in theaters. Yeah, I I love that movie dearly. Um, that movie obviously means quite a bit to the trans community. Uh, but I think when it's talked about in that way, it's normally like what Trinity meant for trans women watching that movie. Um, and obviously it's written and directed by two trans women. So there's like a lot to, mm-hmm. to find there. But right. like Keanu it, in that movie in particular was one of those like man do i want to be him or do i want to date him confusion moments (laughs) um yeah it was yeah no and there's like a very large subset of trans guys that are very very into like neo was the coolest neo was like the thing Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know where else to go from there other than like that's what also got me into rage against the machine which got me into the clash which got me into like you know yeah formative moment of my life was Keanu Reeves in the Matrix and I cannot imagine I think both Will Smith and Leonardo DiCaprio were attached to that part at one point and I cannot imagine either of them in that role oh absolutely Will Smith 100% was yeah they were moving forward with that yeah until Keanu came on board that movie not a hot take blew my mind uh, mm-hmm. I remember thinking like I didn't I didn't know they could make movies like this I didn't mm-hmm. know they could right. do things like this in movies Roddy I'm just thinking because I'm not going to say how old I turned in 1990 I, but I, know I was remember. 11 um, and the thing about it is that that was a big year for me personally with movies I got mm-hmm. Star Wars episode 1 that year yeah. I got the Matrix that year like I was living my best little baby sci-fi life mm-hmm. and I just remember running around and playing and it was just like, I have a lightsaber, but also I am the one and I can yes. fly. And, I can, and it's just like it, like formative, mm-hmm. very important memories for yeah. me. So all I can do is smile because like, I don't, there's nothing more to say about how important the Matrix trilogy, the original trilogy was. Right. But like, 
it was. <laughs> yeah. I can't articulate it any better than that. Although, to go back to the haters, the critics, who <sighs> always want to pull Keanu down whenever they can, there's, let's say this, there's a word in the Bill and Ted movies that Keanu says a lot. And that word is, whoa. <laughs> and so even when poor sweet Keanu says that one word in The Matrix, critics were like, oh, same old Keanu. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, damn it, like, leave him alone. But see, I love the fact that he's in on the joke. Like yeah, he doesn't exactly. take himself that seriously. He's right. like, everybody knows me for that word. I'm gonna deliver that word in the only way I know how. Like, yes. yeah. It's like when he appears in, there's was like this documentary about quantum physics or something. And mm-hmm. like, uh, oh, I think I sent it to you guys in preparation for the podcast. I was like, by the way, this exists where he's like, he calls Paul Rudd and is like, oh yeah, of course I'm immortal. Like he knows the memes. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he leans into the memes. I wonder how he's yeah. getting them. Keanu, what is your burner account? (laughs) Keanu, come on the podcast and tell us. (laughs) Please. But, I mean, yeah, that's kind of... So that's the third era. That did make Mm -hmm. me a little salty, though. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. I can can be a bit petty at times. Mm -hmm. So with this most recent, like, wave of Keanu Reeves is the internet's boyfriend. I do kind of get that, like, where were you? (laughs) When was he your boyfriend? Because he's been mine (laughs) since 1999. And (laughs) you don't get to come here after John Wick and always be my maybe and -hmm. decide that he's your boyfriend, too. The yeah. one thing Get that I, <laughs> the one thing that I give a pass for always be my maybe is that Ellie Wong is basically my age, so mm-hmm. I know that she loves Keanu in the same way that I love <laughs> okay, Keanu. Yeah. Even if the audience. Oh no, Ellie Wong is not included in this. I mean, the people who watched always be my. Oh no, no, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right, and worth acknowledging. But I think that it's coming from a good spot. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, so I do. I do kind of feel those moments sometimes because I always joke that Keanu Reeves like wrote or determined my educational career Mm -hmm. because I watched Bill and Ted. I can't remember which one. That Um, is the greatest quote I've heard on this podcast so far. (laughs) Well, I watched Bill and Ted where he meets Socrates and goes back in time. And (laughs) I'm just like, I was a little kid. I was like, oh, this is so fun. I want to meet Socrates too. And then I became a classics major. And then I'm sitting there writing my senior thesis, watching the movie Speed over and over and Mm -hmm. over again while I'm I'm writing. And like, it was a really good thesis. I won an award for it. So I'm like, I can attribute my entire (laughs) educational career to Keanu Honestly, Honestly, I wrote my honors thesis on like Battlestar Galactica, which obviously Keanu Reeves wasn't in, but would I have had that much of an interest in sci-fi and what sci-fi means for pop culture and how pop culture reflects, you know, the rest of culture if it weren't for The Matrix? Like, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I just, he's everything. Um, And... Yeah, and that was a similar... I will say, though, to give like people some grace, there was a sort of resurgence, in a way, for me, too, with the new John Wick movie, but not in the same way. I was already sold when I saw that Keanu was in it because I've pretty much decided that if I know that he's in something, the likeliness that I'm going to watch it increases yep. dramatically. But I had been bored by action movies for a really long time. And I do genuinely like action movies. Don't necessarily like the people who write them. Yeah. <laughs> but I I enjoy them. And I thought that they could be fun. I thought, you know, yes, it's a bomb on a bus. But, you know, what really matters is the chemistry and yes. the characters <laughs> with that bomb on that bus. Exactly. <laughs> but we were coming out of the Michael Bay yes. Fast and Furious. Exactly. A vacation of action films. And so I'm sitting, I'm at home from one of my breaks during college and I'm sitting in my mom's room with her and we're just watching, we're trying to pick something to watch and I see John Wick and I'm like, oh, Keanu Reeves is in that movie. I heard good things about it. Let's watch it. And she's like, okay. And like 10, not even 10 minutes into Mm -hmm. the movie, I'm just like, is this the greatest action movie I've ever (laughs) seen in my life? Because there was a sort of campiness to the first John Wick movie that the following movies lack. And while I do still like them, I do feel that lack while I'm watching them because you get the whole, like, Baba Yaga story explanation with the, like, 
the captions on screen to like sort of like illuminate like yeah this guy's serious business and stuff like that and it's it's kind of silly but not in a way that detracts from the movie because you're like oh no these guys are terrified Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. this man and you see keanu reeves take a sledgehammer to a concrete floor that makes no sense but it works you're just rolling along for the ride exactly and it's such a ride and i'm like i have not felt that watching a movie in so long i don't even know how to think The fact that Keanu was so involved in production, like there's a bunch of stuntmen in that movie that were also in the Matrix movies that he was like, oh, you need to do this stunt. I know somebody who can do that. Yada, yada. You know? Yeah. I think this is going to sound preposterous, but (laughs) I think that there is a storybook fairy tale quality about John Wick. Yeah. Which, yes, I acknowledge is a movie where he kills 80 people. (laughs) <laughs> However, you're supposed to have that nuanced level of buy-in mm-hmm. of as far as going with it. Yeah. Uh, that so there's a reason why they talk about a fairy tale within that book within that movie because mm-hmm. John Wick is a mythic. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it, it throws you into this mythic world right, right away with mm-hmm. no explanation, no real lead up and things like that. And I think it's those kind of roles that really, really let Keanu shine. Yeah, because there's no I don't know. It just feels like he gets to really build up his character mm-hmm. in his own way in that kind of role. So similar to Johnny Silverhand and cyberpunk. Yes. want to move on to that. Yes. I will let you start with that because I think we have slightly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because hold on for the folks at home who are holding us accountable. The less said about Man of Tai Chi and 47 Ronin, the, yeah. the better. Okay. We so, will. Though I will say the press tour for 47 Ronin was hysterical. <laughs> okay. Listen. 47 hysterical. Ronin has some of like a handful of my favorite Japanese actors in it, but but yeah, I tried to rewatch it in preparation for this podcast, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I can't rewatch it. I remember going to see that in the theater with my father one of the few times we've gone to the movies together, and I was just like, I loved it then. Right. And I'm like, why did I love it so much right. then? And I was like, oh, it's because of Keanu. I was right, going yeah. fully off of the force of right. <laughs> Keanu. Yeah. Right. So again, laying out my my master plan here, Matrix is phase, phase three, era three. <laughs> And Era 3 kind of culminates with, with Constantine. Era 4 is a bit of a no man's land, uh, a bit of a rough patch. But then when we get back to John Wick, it is Era 5. And what we're seeing Era 5 culminate in is this cyberpunk thing, this berserker thing. Mm. I think we're on the verge of, we are on the verge of Era 6. I'm eager to see what happens next. But let's talk about what's culminated Era 5 this this venture into video games and kind of a return to graphic novels. You're bringing this up and I haven't bought Berserker for the comic book collection uh, here yet. But he, You're but making it's it common. I do me. have some issues of it that I own at home too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's he's writing his own comic book and he's going to star in the movie adaptation of it and it's so clearly based on... That's yeah. Era 6, baby. Era I'm six. so excited. Um, <laughs> but uh, my uh, Cyberpunk 2077... Cyberpunk is like my favorite tabletop RPG. I was very gung-ho for that video game. The less we say about the actual execution of that video game, the better. But uh, Keanu Reeves is definitely the best part of that game. Um, Just to give folks context, uh, even if you did not play video games, this was on your your radar. Like every culture site from (laughs) Nerdist to io9 was talking about this constantly in its lead up. And it was one of those things where they hired Keanu Reeves and he said, I'm having a really fun time playing this character. So then they added more of the character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they also added, speaking of his motorcycles, the only motorcycles you can ride in that game are Arch Motorcycles, which mm-hmm. is his motorcycle company. Um, yeah. So. But, oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, you're telling me I get to like ride through this whole world with Keanu Reeves as my plus one. Great. But it's like... Uh, Blade Runner meets Grand Theft Auto. So, uh, <laughs> um, moving of it. Okay. Moving okay. on. She well, well I, <laughs> I'm in 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 defense. We're of not reviewing. We're not. We're not reviewing the game. We're not technically. Um, okay. Technically, I will say it's my favorite tabletop RPG of all time for several reasons. One of them is it's one of the few 
ones where it was written by not a white guy. Okay. And yeah, it right still on. managed to make like big waves and is up there with like D and D in terms of tabletop RPGs that people can rattle off, even mm-hmm. if they're only slightly involved. Um, but no, Cyberpunk is an absolutely incredible game about uh, like corporations taking over every aspect of our lives. It is a warning. It is unfortunately also very much coming true. Um, and Keanu Reeves plays like essentially a punk rock character, like a, a punk rock terrorist uh, <laughs> <laughs> named Johnny Silverhand. Um, um, oh no, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Oh, well, okay. So here's the thing. I enjoyed Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know why I couldn't say words for a second there. Um, but also that does have a lot to do with its history because like its creator wanted to make sure it got his name right is Mike Pondsmith. He's yeah. one of very few black men who's in that field and in, in that role and he created this universe, this game that has, you know, spawned a lot, even if we don't like everything that it spawned. Like yeah. <laughs> it 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 is kind of magnificent in itself. Now I have to add this disclosure. All of the problems that people had with the game in terms of like the actual software working, I did not have. So I got to play this game as it should have been played or as people should have been able to play it because it is not their fault that it was not working. So when I go into the internet and I want to be like, hey, everybody, I'm playing Cyberpunk and I'm having so much fun. All I see is every possible thing that could go wrong with that game. I am the guy walking in with pizzas while the room is on fire from yeah, that gif. Um, like, <laughs> quite literally, that game melted my PlayStation 4. <laughs> Got it. Like, that so... is the game. And I had a PS4 Pro. Uh, and everybody's like, well, it's like 10-year-old heart. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I struggled through that game. Sticking, you know, ice packs wrapped in plastic on my PS4 because I wanted to see how Keanu Reeves ended that game. So I was playing at Xbox. (laughs) So that's another aspect of that. But that's the thing. So I can say this. I just wanted to give that information to know that in a sense, my viewpoint is biased because it is not how most people got to actually experience the game. I love seeing Keanu Reeves in a villain role. I know yeah. that is surprising for our listeners to hear Roddy liking villains. I'm being so <laughs> sarcastic right now because I love them. But he is a villain in that game. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you kind of understand where he's coming from, but you also understand that his execution, his real reasonings for doing the things that he's doing are totally selfish, yeah. totally based in his self-image, and he plays it for the entire game like yeah. he's a raging huge, narcissist huge jerk and i'm sitting there and i'm like this is the greatest thing i've ever experienced mm-hmm. in my life yeah. <laughs> and so if you could find the moments of just his backstory of just him then you can enjoy it and i could i know that some people complain that they could not see past keanu reeves because they know it's him the character looks like him things like that that has been an issue with video games in the more recent era where they have actors looking at like themselves as they play these characters but i'm like you watch movies not the point yeah i could see past that because Mm -hmm. i was just like this character could not be further from what we know keanu reeves to be (laughs) right but he's also the character is also supposed to be slightly disarming and a very likable charismatic person even though he's a jerk who can't do anything right he does have like a follower base you know and rallies people to his cause, et cetera, et cetera. And then you realize, oh, he's a he's the worst. Yeah, I mean, yeah. spoiler alert, would I let him take over my brain to enact his mission? Probably, because I really love Keanu, Keanu Reeves. I, <laughs> I love Keanu Era 5 as much as I love Keanu Era 1. And for a couple of reasons. It's that, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see the man finally getting his flowers. Mm-hmm. Having been old enough to live through and remember how much he was dunked on yeah in the past and so it's not like those same critics are around or that critics right now are saying he's a great actor per se but there is keanu nation there really is we're three (laughs) members of it there the fandom is there and that he is so responsive to it when He's at the press conference in 2019 for Xbox. Someone shouts out, you're breathtaking. And you can see yeah. how 
engaging Keanu is. There's memes of it. Yes. Yeah, no, you're breathtaking. <laughs> and that's why, sure, he turned down Speed 2, but I think he's very cognizant of his fan base. So, of course, he's going to do Matrix 4. Of course, he's going to do Bill and Ted 2. Mm -hmm. There's, of course, nostalgia all over, mm -hmm. especially the latter. But God, he was even in the Bill and Ted cartoon. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Love him. And, and like at one point he played Siddhartha. Like I keep forgetting. Oh that. yeah, right. That just came back to me like a dream. <laughs> was that was that little Buddha? That, yeah, mm -hmm. that was a message from Keanu himself. He yeah, was like, <laughs> he said, "Don't forget." But don't yeah, forget. I, mean, I think I, there's much to be said about the fact that he was met with such vitriol because, as you've said, and I'm just repeating things at this point, it was at the point where all he had to do was so much as be cast in something, mm -hmm. and people were like, "Oh, this is going to be terrible," mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and. I would like to think that the level of like pure love and adoration he gets to experience now in some way helps with what that was like. I mean, I can't know what he's dealing with or anything like that. But at the same time, it really makes me look back at that with a lot of frustration as someone who has liked him this entire time was just like, but why was any of that ever necessary? Well, it's also, it has always been Keanu. Like, Keanu now is still 92 Keanu. Yeah. And obviously other folks have decided to change their mind and now call him Internet's boyfriend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of us have been in front of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we've been here. From but what start. I mean is like, it's not like he changed himself in 2014. Mm -hmm. Right. He didn't become a different Keanu. What, what you mean to say is we're all Keanu fandom hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there was even a quietness to the first John Wick movie, right. too, yeah. which started this recent resurgence. Mm -hmm. it, it got released into movie theaters and everything and stuff like that. But people, I feel like when it started to get shown on TV, when it hit like, you know, those cable movie channels and stuff like that, and people were like, oh, whatever, I'll give this a shot. I feel like that's when it really, really, really started to pick up, too. Yeah, but, here's my quick impression uh, of the general public's reaction to, to John Wick comes out. They see the trailer and they're like, all right, well, I'll see it when it comes on video. Huh? Mm -hmm. And then they see it and they're like, holy shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is 100% like, what converted. happened. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. I just, we should all love Keanu. And which, yeah. which was kind of what happened with The Matrix. The Matrix was a hit. Mm -hmm. You can see the numbers and obviously... Matrix Reloaded makes more money, obviously, mm -hmm. but that's another movie that also built on video rentals later because yeah. people were yeah. like, I'm not so sure. And then they're like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. Just, just go see the Keanu movie. Yeah. It's honestly, um, mirror image fandom for me is Nicolas Cage. Um, except, you know, Nicolas Cage is in quite a number of actually terrible movies, but he's the best part of all of them. Mm. Um, but like kind of same, like they're both kind of oddball, little goofy people. Different on, volumes. Different volumes for sure. N but Nick, like, but similar, the Nick Cage will show up and basically say, I'm Nick Cage. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that's like his catchphrase. I'm going to give you the full cage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I would also see just about anything Nic Nicolas Cage is in. So, right. yeah. <laughs> Keanu. Keanu yeah. is also low-key a great interview. I think that you hinted at yeah. very entertaining press tours. I oh. think, you know, you can see him baffling Stephen Colbert. You can see him mm -hmm. making Drew Barrymore laugh. You can see him um, kind of winning over David Letterman in 94. He just, mm -hmm. every time he shows up, um, I think the man people... is a delight. He exactly. is. He's one of the most charming people on the planet. So, and has been for centuries. Forever. Yes, as the website says. <laughs> I was scrolling through my Twitter really quick just to see how many times I've mentioned Keanu Reeves over the years because I guess something I tweet very often out of the blue is I hope Keanu Reeves is having a good day, and you know I what? came across yeah. a conversation <laughs> that I decided to then tweet in which someone asked me like, "Is Keanu Reeves your celebrity crush?" and I was like. 
no, I just want him to be happy. And (laughs) my fiance was like, that's even worse. But at the same time, like, that's kind of what it is. It's not just like, I mean, yes, quote unquote, internet's boyfriend, what I date Keanu Reeves, give him the chance. Absolutely. He's handsome, but but there's something there. I just want him to be happy. Like, he is a person where I'm just like, I want nothing but good things for you all the time. Absolutely. Mm, Well, especially because he's had like a lot of tragedy on the periphery of his life yes. if not directly in his life mm-hmm. it's like yeah i hope he's having a great day yeah i hope he's going on a great motorcycle ride yeah yeah so that's yeah that's very telling we just want good <laughs> things for him yeah uh also random note alice cooper was his babysitter oh man that's awesome <laughs> we forgot to talk about that earlier you've been waiting to mention it this whole time uh, you know there it was. That's kind of it. it Alice was... Cooper was his babysitter. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> and so he, he may or may not be in this era of continuing to, and say what you will about this, but continuing to, quote unquote, give the fans what they want. I mean, you can see that starting with Bill and Ted Part 2. And now a fourth John Wick. Wasn't it the third one? I'm sorry, a third Bill and Ted. Yeah. Uh, but then a fourth John Wick. Yeah. And a second Constantine. And mm-hmm. these are all things we very much want. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's just where, where he's at. Oh, man. I hope in the second one, Constantine gets to be bi. I'm just putting that out in the universe. Because oh, yeah. Constantine in the comics is like canonically bisexual and sure used is. to date King Shark. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just casually mentions that King Shark was his ex. Also on yes. Constantine. Just letting you guys know, various writers who have worked on Constantine, like for the comics, have said that they have seen him in real life. Like they were in a coffee shop and then they see John Constantine and he like <laughs> winks at them and leaves. Like Alan Moore had two experiences like this. I would like the same for myself, but I would like it to be Keanu Reeves. Like I <laughs> I would like to manifest him for myself as well. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> however it is that they're doing that someday someday we could do an entire podcast on alan moore and his goofy goofiness yes there could be something right. there because lots of graphic novels of course yes. which are things we circulate also, but his book just came out too yeah i know yeah. so <laughs> uh literally just about i think every film that we referenced is here in this library so you should yes. check it out or if you don't have a library guard at the ferndale library just go to your local library wherever you are situated and ask for more keanu reeves movies mm-hmm. because you might be in the mood for it after this podcast thank you roddy and simon for joining us thank you thank uh you. we could probably do this every week yeah probably. Uh, i get the feeling <laughs> I get a hunch that we like Keanu Reeves. We uh, hope that you do too. And if you are literally at the end of this podcast and listen to the whole thing, clearly you do like Keanu Reeves. Um, It's the Ferndale Library podcast, as always, brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. And uh, we always thank John Duffy for giving us music to play at the beginning and end of each episode. And I appreciate our guests. And I appreciate you listening. And we'll be back next week with more. Until then, whoa.